No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome into the Monday edition of Noble with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Hope everyone's getting their week started right. We thank you for making us part of your day. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this Monday? Everybody have a good weekend? The Raiders won this weekend. They're 6-3. and three. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Needless to stay on a Monday morning. The Raiders are 6-3, and three, gentlemen. 6-3 and three heading Can't into believe a game. It. Heading into a game with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football next week. Raiders are 6-3, and three, feeling pretty good. Hence, the all-black today. Rocking strong Did on they Monday beat the morning. Chiefs last time? Uh, they sure did. Jordan, how's your bank account look on that one? Huh? Want to talk about, want to talk about that one? It didn't look good that day. No, I had to, I had to stop myself. From, uh, I had to take a couple weeks off. And I, I felt terrible about that, too, because Jordan's like, what do you think your Raiders are going to do this week? I'm like, dude, if they're 14-point dogs, go ahead and take the – I mean, they're lay the points. Yeah. There's no way – Somehow they have made it work, so, yeah. Okay, I was a cashing in with Crescent special right there. It was, it to, was. To, to it Jordan was. Simone there. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, lots to get into here on the program. A big win for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But first, let's tell everybody what is in the lead on the program today. This is the one they're talking about. And there's a lot to get into, so sit down, strap in. Buckle up, whatever the phrase you want to use. And we're going to start with some news that broke just before the show started, gentlemen, in reference to a sport that actually hasn't even started yet, and that is the college basketball season, as the NCAA has announced that this year, or I guess next year in 2021, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, will take place in one location. That's right. We're not going to have regions. We're not going to have different cities for the final four. No, one place. Now, they think that place is going to be Indianapolis. They're working with the state of Indiana to make that a reality. So we don't have specifics on the city yet, but Indianapolis seems to be the favorite. But one city this year, Sean, for all 68 teams to go hang out in and basically create a bubble for March Madness. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, you, you you saw what happened in the NBA. Not a single positive test in the NBA. Once everybody got there and they had them in a small location, you were good. Now, the difference is that was 24 teams. This is going to be three times that, uh, and you know, scheduling-wise is going to be a little bit difficult. How many courts can you have? But listen, if you can make it work, you can make it work, and I think you should take every precaution that you feel will help you get through that tournament, and when you see what the NBA was able to do, it's a no-brainer to me. Find a way to bubble and, and, and get through the tournament. Hopefully, you're able to even get there. But I, I think this is a smart move. This is the only move. This is the the common sense move, and it's coming from the NCAA. Holy hell, you know. So th this is <laughs> this is this is positive news. It's the only thing to do, I think. Yeah, I completely agreed. There's going to be a lot of moving parts, but luckily they've got out in front of this with plenty of time to to go through all of those uh, you know those decisions and where everyone's going to stay, how they're going to have all these courts in one place. So I like that they got out ahead of it. But yeah, completely agree with Sean. And I think this helps them kind of work backwards, right? Where if they do need to push some games and to push the season along, they don't have to worry about travel, right? Once everybody's in a spot, everybody's in a spot. So if you have to move the dates a little bit for when the tournament's actually going to start, and it may become April Madness, right? If, if need be, you can do that. You have that luxury now because you're in one spot. Well, and it might also be... Um... You, speaking of travel, there's a lot of places that it's it's not easy to travel to. You have to quarantine for a mm -hmm. certain period, you know. So it's it's not just a 
a hop on a plane and go where you have to go kind of thing. You know, it's it's traveling is difficult right now. So remove all of the remove all of the potential hurdles that you can travel would be a huge one so if they're able to do this awesome great for the ncaa get out in front of it and and hopefully we're able to make it through a basketball season because i'll tell you this few years has arizona state to bring it here locally few years in their history have they had a season as anticipated as this one in men's basketball and if it gets derailed somehow I'm gonna absolutely lose it on this program. Just letting you know that, okay? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna well, go you know, what? it's funny because ASU's football team is really good. I think <laughs> I for the first time in a minute, well, they can yeah. compete at that Pac-12 championship level as well as the basketball team. And it's just a bummer that it's coming during 2020, well, the pandemic, and everything else is. Yeah, on. I mean, with the basketball team, though, you know, one and done is a real thing in college basketball, not in college football, and. You talk, oh, yeah. about the, you talk about the Christophers of the world, the Bagleys of the world, guys on this Arizona State roster who have one-and-done capability, also something that ASU is not accustomed to. Uh, if you yeah. lose out on that because of a damn pandemic, it would be the most ASU thing ever, and I would lose my you-know-what on this program. Just so you know, if it does happen, tune in that week because Crespin's going to go ape shit. All right? Just letting you know. I'm going to lose Love it. that. Yes. Love that. Just letting you know. Okay, can't wait. Mark the calendar for, for that date. Jordan, you mentioned ASU football, and here we sit on a Monday already knowing the fate of the ASU football program for this weekend. There will be no game against Colorado as the Pac-12 made the announcement over the weekend that they've already canceled the ASU-Colorado game because ASU not able to meet those scholarship requirements in order to play. Sean keeps bringing up the number every week. It's 53. Uh, the Sun Devils fall short of that number for this game. And again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but now we wait. Now we sit here and wait to see if this is the only yeah. game for ASU that's going to have, you know, these circumstances uh, impact, right? We now just, we have this week yeah. off. This team's not going to play. They're going to have to try to hopefully get everybody testing negative, be able to get back to the practice field, and we'll see what happens with their next game. Yeah, and they're missing a good team in Colorado, actually. I, I, going into this season, you know, you look at Colorado and market, okay, that's a win. That's a win, no problem. They just beat the brakes off Stanford last week. I mean, they dominated that game for three quarters. The score is not indicative of what happened in that game. Uh, really have been impressed by what they've been able to do. I, I believe it's Coach uh, uh, Darnell over there at, uh, at Colorado. Uh, but he's got those guys playing at another level. Um, you know, it sucks. It sucks for ASU fans. It sucks uh, for, for everyone that's been looking forward to watching ASU football and get to some type of normalcy. Uh, in 2020, but you got to be patient. You got to do what's best for the team. Get everyone healthy. We hope Herm is getting healthy as well, uh, and, and we'll see them back out there in uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, when you when you heard the and they don't announce the numbers, and they shouldn't have to, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But when you heard the rumors of what the number was, 12 upwards of 20 from some people that they feel there were positive tests, coaching staff and players. You knew this game was in high jeopardy, man. I'm glad they just announced it Sunday and didn't wait until, you know, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before you just go ahead and announcing it. Listen, get out in front of it. You knew you more than likely weren't going to be able to field a football team this week. Uh, so just, just make the announcement now and start prepping for the next week if possible. Um, again, take every game you're able to get this year and cherish it and utilize it as learning experience. That's what this is going to be, especially for Arizona State now. You know, and the number of games you're losing in the Pac-12, who knows if we're even going to get through the, the entire schedule. So every time you're able to get a game, make the most of it. Get some experience for your youth. 
on your roster. Everybody's coming back next year if they would, if they want to. Nobody's losing eligibility. So that just I keep saying it every week, but that's the mindset you have to have. And every week that goes on, the more games you lose, the more you have to take that mindset. This is an opportunity to get work. That's what 2020 has become, an opportunity to get in some work and get set for 2021 when hopefully we're kicking off in a normal situation. Well, guys, we've reached that point of the year where you have to turn the Twitter alerts on your phone for anything that Woj or Sham Sharania is going to tweet because the moratorium on NBA trades has lifted as we are doing this program. And one of the bigger names that could be on the move, gentlemen, James Harden and the place that is high, upon, uh, high atop his trade destination list, the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. Envision a team of Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, Sean. That could be a reality. The, 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 the boulder is rolling down the mountain uh, towards a James Harden trade to Brooklyn. That would be a disaster, and I am here to watch it. Let me tell <laughs> you that. Nash coaching it up. Let's I go. I am here to watch it, but that would be a disaster. You'd have guys, you'd probably end up with three guys literally trying to pull the basketball out of the hands of their own teammate, right? Like every yes. one of those guys has to have the ball in their hand to have any kind of resemblance of their normal game. So how is that? That, it, that is going to be a nightmare, and I'm here for it. I did. I discussed it with a friend uh, yesterday, and he said the the analytics department in Brooklyn has to figure out how many possessions a game they're going to get, yes. and then just split it into threes. ISO for Kyrie, ISO for James Harden, and then a bunch of ISO plays for Kevin Durant, and that's how they're going to run their offense mm -hmm. all season long. Uh, I don't know if this is going to work. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to tune in to watch it. If Absolutely. it does, I'll be watching. <laughs> it's going to feel like you're watching It'll an all-star game every time you turn on the, the Brooklyn Nets. You're, you're, there's no way that it's going to work out. All those guys need the ball in their hands way too much. Uh, look at look at James Harden and Russell Westbrook this year. How'd that work out? I mean, it, it's going to be a similar situation. Obviously, they're going to be they're going to be probably the best scoring offense in the NBA. But this is going to crash and if, burn. If you know, if the funny thing is though, if they were able to pull this off and get this group together, and they would they would all get together and just accept a role. That would be a team that you would put right up there with the L.A.s of the world and so forth because of the talent level if they would just accept a role. Like if James Harden, if the beard didn't have to have the ball every second of every possession uh, until he's triple teamed, and, uh, and then I'll give it out to somebody on the wing. You know, like if, if, if they could just accept a role, if he could be a true guard, if Kyrie could mm -hmm. be a distributor, if, you know what I mean, like if you could just accept roles – uh, that would be a really, really good basketball that team's better team. Better than the Lakers. Yeah, but do that team's but the, better than the Lakers. Which if is they take a roles. problem in a lot of in a lot of times in the NBA. It's the the egos just get in the damn way. Like if those yep. three were able to just accept their role and then understand the type of offense that Dan Tony and, and Nash are going to want to run there anyway, like that could be a really fun basketball team. I just don't think they're willing yep. to get out of their own damn way to make it work. So that is the top NBA trade uh, locally. We're waiting to see if the CP3 trade uh, to Phoenix is going to go through. That's something to keep an eye on. But the moratorium lifted for trades as the draft is this week. So we'll see if anything comes across the wire. And if anything breaks while we're doing the show, we will let you know. Last story here. Go ahead, Sean. No, no, go ahead. Move on. Go ahead. Okay, last story in the lead because I'm not going to let you not let me talk about the Masters and golf here on the program. Okay. Dustin Johnson makes history, wins the Masters. 
does it shooting 20 under. I think he's only the third person to ever win a major uh, being 20 under or more. Uh, this is fantastic. Jordan, I'm going to go to you first on this one because I don't want I don't even want to hear Sean's take on because he didn't watch the first two rounds. Dustin <laughs> Johnson, watch it on Masters Sunday. champion. It was football. On yeah, TV. I, first of all, I can't I can't believe that Sean didn't just at least have the Masters on. I had the Masters on one TV. I had uh, the NFL Red Zone on another. It was heaven on earth. I think they should play the Masters six times a year. Um, Dustin Johnson dominated. It wasn't they even do. close. Yep, I mean, they, they do. They play he like started off a little rocky, don't do but this, uh, no. man, he ran he ran away with it. You know what's funny is Bryson DeChambeau said, "Hey, uh, 67 is par." Well. If you break it down, 20 under, 5 under every day. That's what Dustin Johnson did. So he took DeChambeau's uh, analytics and and uh, won with it. But uh, I, I was really impressed. The guys, the guys' game is so on point. I mean, he looks like me out there, uh, six handicap, just just chucking the ball around. But uh, mm-hmm. there's not a weakness in his game. I mean, he's chipped well. He putted well. He just took over. He took over, and it, and it wasn't close. So your hat's off to him. And then he goes home and. And probably, you know, he wins another championship with his wife. <laughs> I was just going to say, not a weakness in his yeah. game on or off yeah. the course, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Paulina. Yeah. Paulina is in, in, in good health. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we wish them well. And uh, that's his second major championship. He won the 2016 U.S. Open. So this is the second uh, major championship for Dustin Johnson. And he gets to wear the green jacket. Sean, I'm not, no, you're not even, nope, not even a word have, out of you on this topic. No, I'm because not, if I, if I give road. you my take, and maybe we'll do this yeah, off the show in a separate thread just for fun yeah. that we'll post on social yeah. media. If I give you my take, I'll derail the entire program of how the I feel The whole show will be gone. About how I feel in majors and golf. So I'll save yeah. that. Be on the lookout for that on our social media. You see at the yeah. top of the screen. Noble, Noble After Dark coming yeah. at you. Yeah. Noble, Noble underscore podcast <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. We'll give we'll give you my... my hot, I, I think it's a smart take. Schubert says it's a ridiculous take, but I'll give you that. Just check Noble underscore podcast on what I think about majors and golf. Dumb there's, take. That's what it is. That's that's it. That is what is in the lead on the program today. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone was a Hale Murray and the Arizona Cardinals move to six and three. We'll discuss it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Before we get into the uh, Hale Murray, I got to tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Center. Since 1951, nobody has treated their customers with more respect than the Earnhardt family. Whether you're north, south east or west, wherever you are in the Valley, they've got you covered uh, with the Noble Express option. Right now, you can have a car uh, drove up to your front door. They won't drive it into your front door, but they'll drive it close. You can hop in, test drive it for the day, a brand new Lexus like I did, uh, or or a brand new Chevy, whatever you want to do. Earnhardt family has got you covered. Go to Noble.com, click the Express tab, Noble.com. That ain't Noble. Well, it is the game that everybody in the NFL circles uh, is discussing, and that is the ending to the Buffalo Bills-Arizona Cardinal game. You saw the social media reaction. LeBron what happened? James, Randy Moss. Now, Sean, I don't know if you watched the game. You were watching your Raiders play. I don't know if you had it on on the other screen. I watch but, every uh, second of it. I've got the NFL game pass, my friend. I rewatch it multiple times. Let's dive into it. I'm ready to go. Kyler Murray on the last play of the game for the Arizona Cardinals, at least. Rolls out to his left, getting chased. Somehow twists his body in a way to make just a heave down the field. And who's there to make the catch in the middle of three Buffalo Bills defenders? Oh, yeah, the guy they traded for to make catches just like that, DeAndre Hopkins. And the Cardinals escape. Yes, I'm going to use the word escape 
with a victory against the Buffalo Bills. They move to 6-3. and three. They are atop the NFC West. I have to get Jordan's professional opinion being a defensive back. Uh, yeah. Why in the hell were they not jamming the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage when you're up by four? You don't have to protect underneath because a field goal doesn't save them. They've got to get in the end zone. Why were you allowing just a free release from those receivers? Throw off the timing of everything. What were they doing, Jordan? Am I wrong? Uh, man, it depends. It depends on your uh, your your hail mary. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we sit back. You know, as DBs, sometimes you're taught to sit back, and I think it just comes down to coaching. Sometimes you have guys that line up on the receivers and blitz. Sometimes you send you know, an extra guy in this situation so that Kyler Murray doesn't have the time to, to sit back or scramble around and chuck one up. But look, at the end of the day, the dude was triple covered My God. and made a freaking yeah. amazing play. There's nothing you can look at this coaching-wise and go, yeah, this is, we should have well, pressed him, man. Why did we give him a free release? If you look no, at it, that DeAndre Hopkins made a freaking unbelievable play in triple covered. He has size 6XL hands, and he used – all five extra XLs to go up and get that ball. Really impressive. Well, I'll tell you wow. this. If you, look you can't at coach of, against that. If, no, you can't. It was, un, it was absolutely sick. And if, but if you see one of the Bills defensive backs, they're trying to play catch up on the play, trying to get to the spot instead of already being there. And I think that helped out a little bit because, you know, you can see one of them mistimes his jump significantly uh, and actually runs into the other Bill defender. Uh, and then the third one was behind him. So I, I really think that helped out the, the situation. That's why I was, I was shocked that – they were, they were covering it the way they were. But forget about all of that. You're right, DeAndre Hopkins. What is better to you guys? Yeah. What was what was what was more ridiculous to you, the throw, or the catch? The catch. The catch no, by no, far, the right? The catch by Not far. Right. See, I think it's the throw. No, 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 no. They listen. Tremendous. You guys are out of your mind. Yeah, tremendous. If you think it's, you think it's the throw, you're out of your mind. It's the yeah. catch. It's in triple coverage. Yes, he, he should have had no shot. None. The throw, Chris. You're. I mean, it was a sick play to even Just get chuck to the, it up. Yeah, it was a ridiculous play to get to the sideline. Like his, you, you know, the he juked the hell out of one defender. Um, but yeah, at that point, you're just you're just you're just chucking it up there. Yeah, that's all you're doing. You're just just chuck. You're just chucking it up there, and you're hoping. Uh, like I think I think uh, Kyler Murray after the game actually said he tweeted it. I think he said he said uh, hops down there somewhere. I think he said shit hops down there somewhere. Something like that on his on his Twitter. Um, but it was. Uh, it, it, listen, that's all you're doing. You're just chucking. You're hoping. And Hopkins went up there and just got it. Like for me, the catch is way better than the throw. So, I, I it, it, it's, not, not taking anything away from what Kyler Murray did, but that catch is just very, very, very few level. guys. Very, very few guys even look, get their hands on the ball, let alone bring how it in. How good does Steve? How good does Steve Kime look now? I mean, with with that trade, you got Isaiah Simmons making a couple more plays here and there. It looks like he's progressing. Um, but you, you trade for, for DeAndre Hopkins, you get rid of David Johnson, and, and he wins you games. I mean, this is the, the type of player that you traded for, a guy that gets you an extra couple wins because of the plays that he can make. If you watch him all season, you know how dynamic he is at receiver, how talented he is, but these are the game type of plays, the game-changing plays that you are paying for with a DeAndre Hopkins. So hats off to Steve Kime and that move that he made. Can I be the negative guy in the room, everybody? I'm gonna be a little sure. Sure. Go ahead. I'm gonna be a little pessimistic here, okay? Now let me make let me make it very clear before I get jumped on Twitter for this, okay? They won the football game. This is a results-based business, 
and they're winning football games. They beat a good team on Sunday. They they did it in miraculous fashion, but a win is a win. They're six and three. They're in a good spot in the NFC West. I just want to put all of these things out there that I'm not taking anything away from this win in particular. It's a big win. And we talked about it on the show on Friday, the fork in the road that we thought this week was for the Cardinals, and they they passed test one of this week. Now, that being said, when we look at this from the bigger picture of what this team's goals and aspirations are, which are obviously to make the playoffs and then from there win a championship, I have grave concerns about the coaching of Cliff Kingsbury because the coaching in the fourth quarter on one drive in particular is the only reason they found themselves in this situation because with about four and a half minutes left, they get the ball back, they go three and out, and Buffalo doesn't use a single timeout. They run pass play incomplete, pass play incomplete, and then they run a pass play which Kyler scrambles and gets tackled for a loss. That is Terrible game management by Cliff Kingsbury and this coaching staff to not get Buffalo to waste timeouts. And it's the only reason why they found themselves down by four needing to drive the length of the field. Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments from me. No, you're 100% right. We've been questioning a lot of the decisions on a coaching standpoint from Cliff Kingsbury all year. Uh, And this is another one of those instances where he gets bailed out by tremendous athletes being on his roster at times. Now, you said you were concerned about the future going forward with Cliff Kingsbury. As a play call, you and I have talked about this a couple of times, Chris, over the course of the year. Um, the reason I'm not as concerned as some, and if you were on Twitter last night after the game, holy heck, Kingsbury just got roasted, and rightfully so. But the reason I don't have that big of concerns, Jordan, when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury is because over the course of the last two years, you've seen his willingness to adapt and change. Like, he didn't come in here and say, we're going to do the air raid and the air raid only. It's going to be five wide every play, and we're going to do it my way. He didn't go full Chip Kelly on everybody. He's been willing to adapt and willing to adjust both of the last two years. He's got some things he has to realize he can't do in the National Football League, and I think he will, uh, and and I, he'll adapt, he'll learn, and if he doesn't, he will be out. But I don't see a head coach yeah. that's gone full Chip Kelly, my way or the highway, Uh I see a coach that's been willing to adapt each of the last two years, you know, so hopefully Schubert, hopefully in those situations in the future, he'll learn, run the damn football, keep the clock rolling. If you're going to throw it something extremely, extremely safe, you know, got to keep that clock rolling. And I almost wonder how much of the decision-making yesterday guys goes back to two weeks ago, or is it three now, three weeks ago after the Seattle game, when Kyler Murray tells Cliff Kingsbury, don't ever be, don't don't ever be conservative again. Well, there's going to be moments when you have to, guys, and yesterday was one of them. Um, are you guys referring to the the Larry Fitzgerald off his body? No, we're talking. No, we're talking about the drive at the end of the game where they threw the ball multiple times. Where you so you, the Cardinals had the chance to put the game away, or at least to make the Bills use their timeouts and not allow yeah, them to go down the field. There's four and a half minutes left. There's four and a half minutes left. The Bills, are, you, you want them to burn both of their timeouts and get this game close to the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. And what Cliff does, he comes out, and they go pass incomplete, pass incomplete, and then it's another passing set, and Kyler just rolls out to his left and gets tackled for a loss, and barely any time comes off the clock. And it, it just goes to show, and Sean, this is something you've brought up a bunch, is that, oh, Cliff will learn, Cliff will learn, Cliff will learn. But the more and more his NFL career goes on, And the more and more we see that he isn't making these adjustments, the more concerned I get. That doesn't mean it can't click at some point, 
But after a while, these things start to add up, and it and it goes okay. You're not you're not reading the situation correctly. Yeah. And come playoff time, when you're playing the Matt Lafleurs, you're playing the Pete Carrolls in playoff time. You're going up against these coaches that know how to situate situationally win football games. You got to be perfect, and he doesn't show an ability to make the right decisions in real time. Yeah, no, that's fair. So you just you'd you'd want to see him run the football in that situation. Is that what you're saying? In that specific situation, yes. Ju- I'm just focusing on that one drive. I think you got to yep. run the ball. You got to take time off the clock because the Bills scored with 34 seconds left, right. guys. Or if they could have taken 34 seconds off of that drive. Oh, at least another minute and a half. It, uh, you know, if you because you're you're gonna have you're gonna make them use their timeouts, and now all of a sudden they're in hurry up mode in that drive, and who knows what happens. So the uh, you know, in in my opinion. Um, yes, that drive, Schubert, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. You have to run the football or you have to throw something extremely safe. Hit somebody in the flat, you know, see if they can make somebody miss and pick up a first down if you're, if you're going to throw it at all. But I, no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. It, it, it's it's decision-making like that that he has to improve on. And again, I'll go back to it. This, mm-hmm. He doesn't come off as a hard-headed type head coach. He hasn't gone full Chip Kelly on everybody. He'll, I, 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 I think he understands. I think he he he'll he'll continue to adapt. He'll continue to grow as a head coach. Uh, I don't have major concerns over things like that that are correctable, and are are able to be fixed. If he was getting significantly out coached every week, Schubert, and there's been times. Oh, there's there. been times. If he was getting significantly out coached, yeah. Now we got a problem as a play caller. But when it comes to just clock management type situations, and that's mostly what we've talked about this year. Those are extremely correctable and fixable once you go through the situation a couple of times. Hell, we used to yeah. rip Andy Reid for clock management constantly, right? Like, oh, yeah. Andy Reid and his clock management. Well, he's got a ring now, and we're talking about him as maybe the best coach in the league currently. So, you know, those type of things are fixable. Those type of things for Cliff Kingsbury are correctable. He's not getting out coached every single week. And, and that's that's yeah. the good news, you know, because that's what I thought well, was going to happen coming in with no experience, and he hasn't been out coached completely in a football look, game. So, I, I get what I get the reasoning behind it, right? Don't get conservative in your play calling. The Bills have a good run defense; their pass defense isn't as good. I feel like we can get first downs with our pass, get a couple of them, string them together, burn some clock. That's what he's thinking. And these spread guys. They they do quick game in the place of run game. Yeah, watch yep. uh watch Mike yes. Leach's offense. That's how they they do run game. They throw the ball to the flat. That's their version of the run. Um, but yes, sometimes does he need to run the football? Yes, and like you've said time and time again now, he'll adapt. He'll learn. Is a second year head coach in the NFL. He's gonna figure it out. But let me tell you, this is the NFC West leading the division now. These the Cardinals are leading the NFC West. They're doing something right. The, c- the coach is doing enough. I mean, he's putting them in good position. You take away two bad losses. This is an eight-win football team. Two not bad losses, two close losses. Um, you had one to the Lions uh, and and what? One to the Panthers. Dolphins. Panthers. And Panthers. Dolphins. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, it's this is a, a team that is just scratching the surface of how good they actually can be. Um, and once they clean up and- some clock management issues. They're only going to be that much better. And defensively, they got to get better in a lot of areas as well. And Vance Joseph, the, the jury's still out there, although there has been significant improvements. So there's a handful of areas. But no, I mean Jordan, to your point, they're six and three, man. Who the hell would have thought yeah. they'd be yeah. six and three in the top of this division right now? And again, I think the reason why I I I, br- I bring I brought up th- that point about the, that drive in particular, the clock management. I think the penalties and turnovers are also an issue that we're seeing. This this team at times is extremely undisciplined. Yes, I think that's because as this team wins games like the game against Seattle, like the game against Buffalo, 
our perception of what this team can be changes as the season goes on. So as this season is evolving, we're starting to look at this team of, okay, they're leading the NFC West. They're in line to make the playoffs. Now we're looking at it from the lens of what do they have to do to win a playoff game? And these little things add up in the postseason, I think is where, I, is where I'm going with this, is those little things add up, the penalties that they take. You know, Kenyon Drake coming back in, he takes a couple of bad penalties, has the fumble. Uh, you have the 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 unlucky interception, uh, which bounces off of Fitz's body and just goes to a defender. Those things, like those are things that just happen, but they have to clean those things up, specifically the penalties, if they want oh. to be able to win a playoff game. Here's another reason why I'm 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 okay with some people in some areas learning on the job. This team is already so far ahead of where they should be at this point. Let's call it like it is. Rewind the clock. Yes, two, yeah. Rewind the clock two years, guys, and where they were. You know what I mean? It, when they, when all of a sudden Steve Kime was like, you know, Hail Mary here. You know, uh, we're going to think outside the box. We're going to hire this dude who's right now headed to be USC's offensive coordinator. He's never coached in the National Football League before. Go ahead and give me Cliff Kingsbury. Now I'm going to go out and get this this undersized quarterback to go along with him because Cliff thinks he fits his system perfectly. What the hell? Chips all in. And this football team is so much farther along than where they should be right now, just two years removed from the nightmare season they had when they fired the head coach and the quarterback that they traded up to get after one season. Uh, so there's going to be some learning curves still, and I think that's fine considering the fact you're already so far out front of where you should be after not even two years full, not even a full two years removed from that nightmare. Yep. And the Arizona Cardinals are six and three in a top what many feel is the most difficult division in football. So they're out in front, yep. man, and, and to their credit. So if there's some learning curves, you know, some clock management learning curves for a guy who hasn't coached yet in the NFL, it's whatever. You'll take that to, to be where you're at, I think, in, in less than two years. Again, six and three. There are things that you want to focus on for the big picture, but a win is a win. They do it in miraculous fashion. They do it in a way that has the entire NFL world buzzing. And I think this game was another example, gentlemen, as of as Kyler Murray goes, this team's going to go because his ability to make plays when there are no plays seen, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be a play. He makes a play and it ended up winning them. Hey, another the question, real game. quick, Jordan. Another, another, sure. another, another, another X's and O's question for you. Um, yeah. If you have a quarterback like, and you played against Kyler Murray, if you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray, and you're the defensive end, why would you ever crash down on the running back and allow him to get the edge on you over and over and over? I would allow the running back to take the ball and, and run up in between the tackles and just make sure Murray doesn't get me. Like, why the hell are teams – because, you know, on those read options, for those that don't know, he's reading the defensive end. If the defensive end crashes down yeah. on the running back, then Murray's going to keep it and get the edge. If he, if, if he goes upfield, he's going to give it to the back and let the back take it up, the, you know, up between the tackles or, or wherever the run is headed. Why does any defensive end crash down on the running back play in this Cardinals team? It makes zero sense to me. They just get too excited. They're not patient enough. I mean, they will, they 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 don't want to see the ball. They see the ball and the running backs are, are like in his chest and they just go after him. Uh, if I'm a coach going up against Kyler Murray, I'm telling my defensive end, you get by, sit down. Yeah, just sit <laughs> sit the God. breaks down. Yeah, and you're favoring Kyler Murray. Right. I want you to just patience, patience, patience till you see. He gives that ball or you see, I mean, if, if at worst case, let the running back have it because you're going to have linebackers saying. there yeah. that are filling. Yeah. If Kyler Murray gets the ball, you're expecting a, a safety to be able to come down and, and have that and, and he'll make that guy miss. Right. Or a linebacker with a bad angle to get over now and make the tackle. It's not yeah. happening. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Like I would slow rush hey, Kyler like Murray a, my, um, all day. My one it's like a double stat team that worries ball, me. Right? Uh-huh. Go ahead, Jordan. 
my what the one stat that worries me about the Cardinals right now is they're three and two at home. They've got to win at home. The Rams and the Seahawks are both four and zero at home. They got to clean up uh, those. They should be winning those games at home. And like we've talked about, this could be an eight win football team if they if they do that. Well, the good thing is is they're they're going to their home away from home up north uh, this Thursday in Seattle. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, good news. Yeah. Good news. Is that going to be on short week for them? Uh, no, no. Uh, college only uh, <laughs> on the shoe in with Schubert. We're going. We have a good track uh, record going right now. We're not going cashing? to go outside the box. So, uh, hey, how did cash it in with Crespin go this weekend? All right, you know what, Sean? Before we go to break, why don't you uh, why don't you update everybody? How's, how's it update going? You put all the points out there this well, week. Well, so I was down to only 184 points out of the 500 Schubert gave me at the start of the year, and uh, so I went all in. Chips all in, right? Uh, I hit the big one. I went with Giants plus four over the Eagles, and I put 84 points on that one, hit that one. Uh, and then I nice. thought the 49ers were going to be able to keep it within 10 against the Saints. I was I was wrong there. Thanks. Uh, thanks. You didn't, you didn't know, know Jameis Winston was going to play in Jameis, that game. The, yeah. the great Jameis Winston came in and killed me there. Wait, uh, can we can we talk about the hit? We I, I'm sure we'll get into this. Yeah, rapid rundown is coming up. Yeah, rapid, yeah the oh, rapid rundown God. is coming up next. Yeah. What a puke. Yeah, Terrible. go ahead and take it. Anyway, right, anyway, cashing with Crespin went one and two. wasn't a great week for me. wasn't a great week. Still That's alive right. though. Still, still alive. Have points still, in yeah. the bank account, mm-hmm. so we still get to go another week. <laughs> Coming up next, we will do the not so rapid rundown. Some NFC West talk, the NFC least, and a rookie quarterback move to three and oh. We'll get to it all next, and then not so rapid rundown here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, gentlemen, holidays are right around the corner. For that man in your life, it could be a sibling, it could be a boyfriend, it could be your husband, it could be just some dude you think need, needs to clean up a little bit. Uh, head over to Manscaped.com, Manscaped.com, use the promo code NOBLE, one word, all capitals, you got 20% off and free shipping, and all of us, because we're doing our Manscaped full-grown man salute today, holding our lawnmower 3.0 right now in our hands here on the video portion of this program. Uh I, we're a believer of the products. They sent it to us and said, hey, check out what we're all about. Let's see if you guys want to partner up with us. We did, and we did. So uh, we encourage you to check it out. This is one of the best men's grooming tools you'll ever have in your life, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, uh, manscaped.com. Not only do they have the lawnmower and the trimming, but they've also got all kinds of different products that can help you clean up the man in your life. Holidays right around the corner, manscaped.com. Promo code NOBULL, all capitals, one word, no bull gets you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Do it now for the holidays right around the corner, manscaped.com. All right, it's a Monday, which means the not-so-rapid rundown. We got the rapid music in the background, which clearly isn't a deterrent at all. It doesn't make you guys speak any faster here no. when we do this. I got a lot of things Sean, to I got say. five games. A lot of things let's happen on Sundays. Brief. A lot of things happen on okay, Sundays, Schubert. Sometimes we can't be so rapid, okay? Let's get through the five games All right, what as quickly as possible. We can get to the probably the most important part of the show, the Manscaped Full Grown Man Salute, which closes Can't the program on a Monday. Wait. Can't wait. Game number one, Sean, in yeah. the NFC West, the battle of two NFC West foes. The Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams move to six and three. Sean, you've been critical of this football team. They haven't beaten anybody this week. They say, screw you, Sean. Now we've beaten somebody. Hey, I, I'm just asking the team to prove it is all I'm saying. And when you win, listen, not, not all wins in the NFL are going to be weighted equally. When you run through the NFC East, yeah, it's nice that you're taking care of who's in front of you. But it's the NFC East. I got to you got I gotta see it. You got to prove it to me before I can just give it to you. That was a good win for them yesterday at home. And they took it right, right from the jump, man. They Listen, Seattle, something is off in Seattle the last three weeks. It just is. People have, I, I think teams have figured out how to slow down what Russell Wilson and company were doing for the first six, seven weeks of the season. 
the last three weeks, it's been another story. Teams have figured it out. But I'll give the Rams a ton of credit. 23-16 yesterday, you know, and they jumped on them right away. Um, so I, it's, it's, I'm not just going to give you credit when your early season schedule was what the Rams sure. was. But when you beat a team like Seattle, yeah, now you got to be taken serious. And that game yesterday set up for set up one hell of a run the rest of the way in the NFC West. Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, all six and three. I mean, the 49ers have, what, won four games, and they, they seem like they're so far in the distance. It's crazy. So this should be a fun run here for the, uh, the rest of the go for the NFC West. And credit to the Rams defense. I know you mentioned that they were able to slow down Russell Wilson, but this has been kind of the key to to their success. This is a defense that I think statistically gets a little bit overlooked, but when you break it down and you look at what they do on a weekly basis, yeah. that's their ticket. That is yeah. their ticket to making the postseason, and you know what McVay and that offense are going to do, but it's the defense that I think I've been thoroughly impressed Number with. Number two in the National Football League, uh, that defense is, and people don't talk about We talk about the Bears. We talk about those other teams that are usually there defensively. Number two in the National Football League is the Rams, and they got two more picks on Russell Wilson yesterday. Okay. Okay, sorry. Let's move on to the next game. Don't know if people believe in in reverse jinxes, but if you do, then whatever Sean and I did on Noble Live yesterday in discussing the the fall of the New England Patriots worked to full effect as they beat the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. Now, Sean, I will say this. I think this speaks more to where this Baltimore Ravens team truly is than it says anything about the New England Patriots. Yeah, they don't have a bit. I mean, the, the supporting cast around Lamar Jackson is not has not been living up to the hype this this year at all. They're not giving him any, the, the, the help that he had last year, and it shows. Um, but I'll also throw this out there. Can we launch an investigation on oh? – uh, We need to launch an investigation on what Bill Belichick did to make the rain come down No, don't, don't be as, one of these conspiracy theorists. Twice do this. as hard, Schubert, if you were watching that football game last night. Anytime Lamar had the football, it just dumped on him. I mean, mm-hmm. what does Bill Belichick have that he was able to turn on that rain – the way he was able to turn it on in key moments last night. That last drive? Are you kidding? Did you see the rain coming down? Bill Belichick's got something. We got to launch an investigation into that. Launch an investigation. Uh, Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of as to why that game turned out the way it did. Game number three, Saints 49ers. This one's a loser for cashing in with Crespin. Thanks, man. Uh, And it's partly because of the Drew Brees injury. Jameis Winston played the second half of this football game. Alvin Kamara gets in like I think three or four times. I don't know. My fantasy team appreciated all the work that he did. Uh, Sean, I think this game, I don't know if you look at this game individually for the Saints. I think you look now at the future to whether or not Drew Brees is going to be able to to play yeah. over the next couple of weeks. With MRI this today, MRI today, which is, is uh, you're, if this is a football team that's 7-2, and two, sitting on top of their division right now, ready to make a run here, maybe one of the last runs for Drew Brees and company. So I'm, I'm, I think everybody's hoping that he's going to be okay. I think in the long run he will be. Uh, but MRI today. And, uh, yeah, that, that's big news for the Saints. 7-2 and two they are right now. But without Drew Brees, what do they look like as you go down the home stretch here? But I think this had a lot more to do with Nick Mullins. <laughs> you know, he's one of the better backups, right? He, he plays. He's got his moments. But he's a backup. They, I mean, the Niners had no chance going into that football game yesterday. I took them because they were 10-point favorites. And in the National Football League, two scores, it's hard to turn down at times. Um, but uh, Or 10-point dogs, the Niners were, I should say. Um but yeah, Nick Mullins, 49ers are just so beat up. He's not getting it done. But hopefully, Drew, NFC, hopefully Drew's okay. NFC least in game four. The Giants beat the Eagles. The Eagles are in first place with only three wins. The Giants are right behind them with three wins. They have those seven losses, though, on their schedule. Uh, Sean, 
The NFC least. I'm just going to ask you a point quite because I don't want to. I don't need a breakdown of this game, Sean. Uh huh. Does the NFC East winner have more or less than six wins or uh, six wins on the nose by the time the season is six over? Six wins is the best case, I think, for the NFC. I don't know. I got to look at their schedules now. They break out. Are they beating up on each other? Are they playing each other? I mean, I, I don't know. I got to look at it. But uh, six wins seems about right. But no, I don't want to break this game down, Schubert. I need you to do something for me. We are we hold each other accountable on this program. You give the man his credit. Do it. Yes. Do it. No, what come do on. It. He didn't even do anything in Schubert. the game. Schubert. He's lucky he didn't trip on his touchdown run. I'm not giving Schubert. Daniel Jones any credit in this football game. Daniel, Get out of here. You played the Eagles. He put up 244 yards passing. Finally completed, beat a team not named the Washington football team. Completed That's, 20 completed credit. 21 of 28. Ran for 64 more yards and a score. Put some respect on the man's name, Schubert. We hold each other All accountable right, here. Put some All respect right. on Daniel it. Daniel Jones, very nice performance out of you. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Great job. You, you, you gave the Giants a win. You beat a team not named Washington. I'm proud of you. Great job. Okay, mm. game number five, Sean Cressman. A battle of two rookie quarterbacks, and it is Tua Tungavailoa who moves the Dolphins to 3-0 since he has taken over as quarterback. I hate to say it, Sean. The Miami Dolphins might be legit in the AFC. I don't think they're Super Bowl legit, but they're legit playoff legit. Uh, that's a football team you don't want to see. I mean, again, special teams coming through early in that football game with the punt, you know, and recovering it at the one, setting up the first touchdown, and it sets the tone for them. That's been the last three or four weeks for the Dolphins now. The defense has set the tone. Even the Cardinal game, right, the scoop and score off the Kyler Murray yep. fumble. Yesterday it was the special teams getting it done, recovering the punt at the one-yard line uh, and punching in a, a play later. There's the defense and special teams set the tone for this football team. That is a really, really good football team that nobody's talking about as being a legitimate contender. Would you be surprised if they get into the playoffs and win a football game or two? Like, it, it, would you not be surprised? With their ability to defensively? No. No, would you, like, for instance, would you be surprised if they are last year's Titans? Not, no, not no, in the right? Isn't that a good comparison? Like, they could sneak in and be yes. last year's Titans. And I don't think anybody would even blink at it because the defense is playing out of their minds and they're really, really well coached. So, no, the Miami Dolphins, to answer your question here in the not-so-rapid rundown, absolutely yep. legit, dude. I'm absolutely yeah, buying the I Dolphins. Yeah. So there you have it, the not-so-rapid rundown here on a Monday reacting to the five biggest games in the National Football League. It was a tough slate this week to pick from, but I think we did a fantastic job. Coming up next, a noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. We will wrap up this edition of the program. The NBA Trade Moratorium. It has been lifted. The Phoenix Suns making moves. We'll do that in the Manscaped Full Girl Man Salute next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. All right, before we get to those moves the Suns are making, Schubert, let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951 and a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. We've told you about their 19 Arizona locations, the 21 dealerships. What are you waiting for? They have 17 brands. They have they have exactly what you're looking for. That new vehicle you've had your eye on, check them out, nobull.com. And in, in today's social distancing situations, check out the Noble Express tab on nobull.com. Right in the middle of the page, right at the top of the page, go ahead and click that Noble Express tab. They'll bring a car right to your door for you to test drive. You can finish the application and the buying process right there online as well. Uh, and they'll bring the brand new ride to you again, right there to your front door once you finish your purchase with the noble express option at noble.com it's the earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that just absolutely cannot be beat you know the name earnhardt 68 year commitment from their family to yours to earnhardt auto centers and noble.com that ain't no bull well we're in the business of doing live podcasting and sometimes the plan that you have for the show 
it's blown up a little bit. We are still going to do the Manscaped full-grown man salute at the end of the program. But just while we were doing the not-so-rapid rundown, my phone blew up with about 18 different alerts. And I told you earlier in the program, get your phone ready, right? Get the Woj and Shams notifications on your phone so you can get these things in real time. Well, here you go. The Phoenix Suns finalizing a deal to acquire Oklahoma City Thunder point guard Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to come to the Valley of the Sun. And guys, here is what the trade is. And now, Sean, I don't know if you've seen this because this is kind of happening in real time. So we'll get your instant reaction to to the return here. The Phoenix Suns are sending Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 2022 first-round draft pick in order to get Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder. That is the deal. Chris Paul being brought here to town. That comes from Woj and Sham Sharani on Twitter. And I will add this. This is a Woj tweet, and maybe this is kind of the launching point for this conversation. Woj quote tweeted his own tweet about the Suns finalizing a deal to get Chris Paul and said, Suns owner Robert Sarver is bringing the future Hall of Fame guard to Phoenix, delivering Devin Booker a running mate and the franchise a leader. This is the sentence I have an issue with. Suddenly, the Suns become a real factor in the Western Conference this season. Woj, well, I think we got to slow down a little no, bit. No, no, no. Okay, slow okay. Down. No, I mean, if you take that comment to the extreme, yes, you have to slow down. But are they a factor in the Western Conference? Now, absolutely they are. They'll be in the I, – I believe that team will be in the playoffs next year, seven or eight seed. And I think he's right on when it comes to delivering a leader, helping change the culture in that locker room. You know, I asked a buddy of mine um, this week – who played in the NFL, and I said, hey, what is, what does learning how to win actually mean? Because that's a term we throw around in the media an awful lot, right? And Jordan, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. What does learning how to win actually mean? Is that a real thing? And they said, absolutely it is. There's so many tiny, there's so little, so many little moments in games where you add them all up and it's going to equal a win or a loss. And when, you, when you've been there, when you've done that, when you've learned how to take care of those little moments, that's learning how to win. And I think bringing over a guy like Chris Paul, who's been there, done that, knows how to win, along with Monty Williams, you, you can help this roster who's never been there and done that, maybe find that culture, maybe learn how to win. You know, And, and, and I know that Chris Paul and a lot of people's hang-up on this has been, well, two years from now, what kind of level is he going to be playing at? Two years from now, where's he going to be? I guess why you make this type of move is you make this type of move to help shift this franchise in a different direction. Because I agree with you, two years from now, you're still not on the Lakers level. You're still not on the Clippers level. You're still not on, you know, Denver, Utah. I mean, go down the list of, of teams in the, in the West. You're still not on the level of two years from now. But if you've shift the direction of this team, if you've, if you've changed the culture in the locker room, if you've learn how to win and understand what the playoffs are like and all those little things, maybe it can help progress even farther once Chris Paul isn't playing at a high level and isn't here anymore. So I have no, I have no problems with this. I have no problems with this, uh, this move at all. Um, Kelly Oubre, the really the, I know you read all the names, but realistically just focus on Oubre Rubio, the 2022 first round draft pick. That's really the meat of this trade. Can I, Go ahead. Can I add something here? Because, yeah. uh, again, where this is real time as we're doing yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, I have the yeah. protection on this 2022 first-round pick, which I think makes this even better for the Suns. What is it? The pick in 2020, 2022 yeah. is protected 1-12. to 12. So if the Suns have a bad year in a couple of years and they find themselves in the top 12, yeah. they will be picking in the 2022 draft. If it goes to 2023, it's protected 1-10. to 10. 
So if they're bad again and they're picking in the top 10, it'll be protected once again. And then in in 2024, it's one to eight, and then it's unprotected in 2025. So the Suns, I think, did very well here with the protections on this pick. They're still picking this year. They're still picking next year. They've kept their picks to build a young core around this team. Listen, we can debate whether or not this instantaneously makes the Suns legit and it helps them kind of grow and what this means two, three years from now. But I thought they did well with this trade. They got a player that helps them now. I don't think you can really complain when you're shipping out Ricky Rubio, who was never going to be a long-term fit here, and Kelly Oubre Jr., who clearly they didn't think was going to be a long-term fit here if they were so comfortable putting him in the deal. And that's the question, right? Like I, I think we all agree. We all had our, our questions about Ricky Rubio and Remember, it felt like he was wearing down at times last year, and, and we were talking about how much basketball he had played on the international side and everything else. And, you know, it just felt like he's wearing down. No problems there at all. If, but and if you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, okay, is Kelly Oubre going to be a part of what we're trying to build here beyond next year and the final year of his contract? If, he, if, we, if we think he is, then okay, maybe we hold off on this move. If not, because you feel like Bridges and the young, you know, the young talent you have on the wing is, is, is sufficient enough to move forward with and you'd rather build in that direction anyway, then this is a home run trade for the Phoenix Suns. If that's truly how you felt as a basketball team that we were going to move on from Kelly Oubre Jr. anyway, and let's be real, the Phoenix Suns in recent years have not taken advantage of expiring contracts you know they haven't done well in that department and if you if you were looking at this as an expiring contract and you didn't see him as a long-term building piece then this is a home run trade for the phoenix suns because you improved your basketball team before guys just went without getting anything for it right i mean you've improved your basketball team yeah you made your team better you made your team more competitive in the west in a west that you need to you need to make moves you need to you know stay in uh, you know, keep keeping up with the Joneses. You have to do that in the West if you want to have a chance. And I think ultimately, Sean, right? You, you look at this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, guy who wants to trade every draft pick you have. But let's just be real, right? Let's read the room. The Suns are notoriously over the last ten or so years, they're not great at drafting. Okay, they don't have a great track record with hitting home runs with these picks. So if a pick two, three years down the road can get you a player that can help you now, and you have all these protections on it. I have no issue putting a pick in the deal. No. None whatsoever. No. And I think it gives you flexibility. You still have a pick that you, know, that you could potentially, if you wanted to make another trade, I don't know what they're going to be up to, but they have their pick that's going to be done in a couple of days. They have a pick next year. They still have assets to go make more moves if they want to continue to upgrade and, this and roster. Yeah. Flexibility everywhere. They're not, cap, they're not cap-strapped either. They're, they're, nope. they're in a position to build a, build a basketball team now. Um, but even if this is it, right, even if they just if this is the move for the year, uh, you've improved your team, and again, I think you combine Chris Paul's experience. The man, the guy, just wins wherever he goes, right? I know he doesn't have a ring, but go ahead and look at his at the track record. He wins wherever he goes. You know, there's 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 talks about how difficult he can be sometimes as a teammate because of that winning attitude. I'm sorry, I want that in my locker room. If you have a problem yes. with that type of mentality, there's the door. So uh, this is a home run for the Phoenix Suns. If you ask me, this particular trade, if your mindset was. Kelly Oubre is not a part of this team going forward beyond the last year of his contract, which he was going into. I'm fine. Move him. Get something for him. You've improved the point guard position. Maybe you've improved the overall outlook of your franchise from top to bottom when it comes to the free agent outlook on who the Phoenix Suns are. Um, Again, you combine Chris Paul with Monty Williams, and there's a whole lot of respect around the league now inside that locker room. I I came around to this trade. My initial gut reaction last week, Schubert, when we first talked about this was – what are you doing? If, you know, I, I I think everybody 
sees what Kelly Oubre Jr. can be. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you feel like you don't need him to be a building block to go where you're trying to get to, get something before the contract is up because the Phoenix Suns have not taken advantage of expiring contracts in the recent years, and that's been uh, something we've ripped them about. So, okay, go make a move. I like it. I like this move. I really do. And the fact that you didn't have to add in the number 10 this year, the first-round pick mm-hmm. this year, and you, and you added one in for 2022 with all those protections, yeah, home run. Yeah. Home run. Job well done, Suns. We haven't thing- said that in a while. Two more things on this before we get to the Manscaped full-grown man salute to close out the program. Mm-hmm. One, I think Chris Chris Paul's presence is going to help a specific player a ton, and that's DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul is going to demand the best out of DeAndre Ayton, yep. and if DeAndre Ayton doesn't deliver his best, Chris Paul's going to let him know because that's the kind of leader and teammate that Chris Paul is. I think that's a huge you know, learning tool over the next two years. If if it doesn't work out in terms of playoff appearances and playoff series wins, I think that's an underrated part of this trade. And number two, for a city that you and I, Sean, I've lived in it for eight years, you've lived in it your whole life. Think of the last 24 hours for Arizona sports. They're not the butt of the joke over the last 24 hours. They're the, they're the kings of the NFL because everybody's talking about what Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins did at the end of that game, and everybody's applauding what they did here with this trade. Now, that's just that's noise. That's newspaper clippings and PR, but those things matter. And I think this is a great 24 hours for the sports landscape in Arizona. It's been a long time since I've applauded a move by the Phoenix Suns in the front office. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. And this, yeah. and, and I am today. I'm saying, okay, job well done. You went out and you, you proved that you actually want to – you proved that you want to improve – this basketball team, which is something we have, we've been questioning for how long now, you know, so no, good move for the Phoenix Suns. We got wind yesterday that this was probably going to come down as soon as the trades were open in the NBA today. And sure enough, uh, it did. But looking at the details now, no problem with this trade at all. No, no problem with this trade at all. Yeah, I agree. All right, Sean, let's wrap up the show. Mobile with Chris Crespin and Simone. Give me the music. I'm back. I wasn't here last Monday. It's the Manscaped full grown man salute you see it there on the screen use promo code noble 20 percent off and free shipping sean i'm back i gotta go first okay okay if that's okay with <laughs> no, you i'm fine I, with it i'm making fine with my it. return to the segment uh-huh. i need to deliver my manscaped full grown man salute you're gonna put up his numbers for the whole game i think i there don't even go. know him off the top of my head what does that say seven receptions seven receptions for 127 yards and a touchdown yep. yeah deandre hopkins You're getting the full-grown man salute for one catch that you made, okay, buddy? Because you went up there like a full-grown man, and you brought down the ball in front of three Buffalo Bills defenders with the game on the line after a great throw from Kyler Murray. Only a full-grown man could make a catch like that. So the other six catches you had during the game, I don't care. The one catch, DeAndre Hopkins, a manscaped full-grown man salute. to you I, I mean it's hard to disagree man. hard to disagree you with put that all the stats up there yeah. i just needed the one Sean. i say just only needed the one only a full-grown man makes that grab last night that's it there's no arguing about that at all the Since only jo- guy jordan had to bail right because you know we all have other jobs and and and, and he's a uh, busy guy sometimes it calls but i'm gonna go ahead and give him his and i'm gonna let you do it because you guys know my Best. you guys know my uh my, my feeling about the the golf and the masters appreciate it but don't love it quite like you do schubert so 
Here you go. Wax poetically about Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, the first Masters winner to shoot 20 under par. I think he's only the third major winner to ever hit the 20 under par mark in a major. The second major of Dustin Johnson's career. He dominated from the word go. It wasn't even close on Sunday. And for a guy who's always been the what if, because he's only had the one major, he delivered on golf's greatest stage at Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia. Gets a green jacket. He gets to pick the champion's dinner next year. So Dustin Johnson, a Manscaped full-grown man salute. <laughs> to uh, you. As, there you go. All Gordon, right. I got you, buddy. Don't Let worry. me bring it back to the sport you should be watching on Sundays in November. Nothing against the Masters, but it's November, the sport we're supposed to be talking about. Oh, of and course. call of course me a homer. Of, of course. Yep. Get the helmet. Get it. Call me a homer if you want to. All right. Let me put on the damn helmet real quick. Call I will a, call you a homer because this is like the third week you've made him your full-grown man no, salute. No, only twice. Only twice. I'm trying to get this over my earbuds without breaking my ears real quick. But let me get the helmet on. Yep. Can't hear you, Schubert. You can't hear you if you can hear me. But I'm going to go ahead and go off about Josh Jacobs being a full-grown man. 21 carries yesterday. It didn't matter which one of the donkeys was in his way. 112 yards, two touchdowns. He was showing Denver. What a full-grown man looks like at the running back position. 112 yards, two touchdowns. That's part of over 200 yards rushing the Raiders had against the Broncos on Sunday. Josh Jacobs, for the second time, raise up your lawnmower 3.0 and salute. Josh Jacobs as this week's full-grown man. And I still can't hear you, Schubert. I don't even know if the music's still going. I can't get my earbuds in. I should probably take the helmet off. Yeah. There you go. We'll take the helmet off, put the hat back on. But yeah, the Raiders road grading yesterday. Didn't matter that. No, I just like I, I let you just have that moment. I, I, I got out of the way. Yeah. You couldn't hear me, so I just got out of the way. That was all you, buddy. <laughs> Great job. But yeah, uh, again, promo code NOBULL, 20% off and free shipping. If you go to uh, manscaped.com, it's the holidays, man. Yeah. So, you know, One more get, yeah, what are you going to It's a great gift, I mean, holiday gift. Full grown. The best cooling uh, tool on the market. The yeah. LED light. Yeah. Waterproof. Code, no, it is cable. waterproof. I used it in the shower for the first time the other day. Waterproof. Waterproof. Mm -hmm. And the light. It's just they got all sorts of other stuff on there. T-shirts, underwear that, that it feels incredible. They Ball got the deodorant. nose hair trimmer. They have everything. Mm -hmm. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBLE, 20% off. And free shipping all right sean we're we're gonna get out of here mm -hmm. we're gonna post this show up and who knows if by the time the show gets done recording and we post it if the suns don't make six more moves uh, between now and then but as we leave this program mm -hmm. chris paul is the newest member of the phoenix suns the suns have made that trade as the trade moratorium has been lifted so chris paul will be joining devin booker here in phoenix and uh an exciting day in the in the arizona sports market with what the cardinals did yesterday and now this trade which i'm i'm calling it a home run sean i'll go out on a limb maybe it's a little bit more positive than most but i'm, I'm calling it a home run I, I will i think this is a huge move for the phoenix suns franchise and it, it puts them in a good direction now they got to make the most of it over the next couple of years right this isn't this they can't just rest on this one move there has to be more that gets done but I think this is this is good for the future of this team. They're going to win more than 20-some-odd games this year. How about that? How about that? Yeah. It's going to feel good. It's been a while since the Phoenix Suns won more than 20-some-odd games. It's going to feel good. So, uh, no, uh, 
I'm going to say a solid triple off the wall if we're going to continue to use the baseball references for this trade. Okay. Don't know if it's a home run yet uh, because you got to see him get in and mesh with the rest of the, uh, the, the the locker room, and I think he will. I think he'll be just fine, and I think he'll help change the culture of this basketball team and the overall outlook of what the, the general basketball public looks at the Phoenix Suns. I think that that's significantly improved today. So all right, that's my final thoughts on a Monday, but what a way to start a week, huh? What, what a fun show this was. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, Crespin at S Crespin 02. You can follow Jordan Simone, who's uh, busy making deals, at Jordan Simone 38 on uh, Twitter. You get this podcast wherever you can find podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just search Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Subscribe, rate, give us a review so you know when these episodes do drop. We'll be back on Wednesday. Probably more NBA news to get in to get you ready for Cardinals Seahawks on Thursday night. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.